You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Do you find that one person in your relationship often says, I'm just not in the mood? This is a common feeling that can leave the relationship unbalanced and eventually breeds frustration, guilt, and clearly resentment. Problems like this, though, are very common and they can resurface if you don't find the correct tools to deal with it and make a change. Looking at our relationships past and present, was there ever a common denominator of who was not really in the mood more, i.e. the males or females? I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I would say in mine, I think I've probably been the one who's not in the mood more in like the duration of all my relationships. And it is usually rooted in something deeper versus like a physical thing. My Because they also say often that like women um, – don't enjoy sex as much if they're not connected or what have you. So it's definitely much more of an emotional thing for me personally. So if I'm askew in any way for maybe it's stress related or it's the relationship that's bugging me or something else, it's definitely going to make me not in the mood. I'm not going to feel sexy for sure. What about you, Rob? Because I feel like you skew more emotionally than like most than what people would like consider most guys to do. So Mm. do you feel like if there's like some sort of wedge in the relationship that affects your sex drive or no? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard because I've, I, I haven't really gotten past the point of, you know, I mean, yeah, two years is a long time with somebody, but I haven't gotten past that point where like sex isn't a thing. Plus I've dated younger. So they were old, like, it just didn't seem like an issue if that makes sense. Um, but I think that girls you can use and i'm sure we'll get into this but i think that girls can use sex as a weapon more than guys can so girls can maybe still want to like still be horny and still want to fuck but they'll be like i know you want to so i'm not going to do it you know what i mean right so in my opinion that's what's happened to me in the past but um i don't think i've ever been in a relationship look if i'm in a relationship with you i want to fuck you all the time um that's one i told i've been very open that chemistry is like the number one thing for me so i don't think there'd be a time where you know if i was fighting with a girlfriend and she was like let's just go solve this in the bedroom then i would have been like no i'm not doing that today you 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 were mean what about you know? that time though that a girlfriend was mean to you and like wasn't she a lesbian or she had like lesbian tendencies or something or some some sort of thing that caused the riff and like it's something you couldn't get out of your mind like isn't something like that where you feel a little deceived maybe gonna yeah. create a lack of interest physically? 
Yes. I, I guess it's this is a hard topic because like in the mood, right? That's what we're talking about. But like if she if we were fighting and she came over and got naked <laughs> like one and was like, I'll go down on you to make this argument stop, I I wouldn't be like, No. Definitely. You're not I'm not taking that right now because Definitely. you're we we're 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 emotionally not connecting. I probably wouldn't do that. You but, would definitely not turn down a blowjob for any anything. Right. Right. From the person that I like and that cool. I'm in a relationship with. Right. So I don't know, but I, maybe I just haven't met the right person that we can use it against each other as a weapon, you know, mutually. But well, I don't think it's necessarily using it as a weapon. I do think that like there are times in your life where you have other things going on in your mind. So you're not in the mood. Like Rob, let's say, I mean, this is terrible, but like, let's say you're in a relationship with somebody and you are working all day on set. And this is great because, you know, you want to be on set, but then you get home and you're exhausted or you're stressed. You don't know your lines. You didn't like what somebody said to you. Maybe you're feeling insecure about your costume change. I don't really know making this Mm -hmm. up, but then somebody like, you know, makes a move on you, but you're like, shit, I have to get up for a call time at 4am the next day. No, obviously there's circumstances and yes, you know, body image is a huge thing for me also. And if I was put in something that wasn't flattering and I came home not feeling my sexiest and she wanted to prove that I was, then I might be like, Ugh, no, I'm not feeling my body right now, you know, but there's extenuating circumstances. I don't think, I think what we're talking about here, right. Is like a constant, not in the mood type thing, Lauren. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? I think getting in the mood, you know, is, um, I think people need to, and we'll get into this, like, give themselves a little grace and a little time because sometimes somebody might come on to you really strong and you are like, I'm not ready yet, but like you need a little foreplay or whatever to like get you there in a couple of minutes. So just because you're not matching up in the beginning doesn't mean you won't get there. So there's that, but speaking of body image issues and not having time, that's what happens when you have kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you look in the mirror as a woman and you're like, what is that body? Like, I don't even want to look at myself naked. There's no way he wants to look at me naked. Like, I feel disgusting. I have, I'm like breastfeeding. I'm t- I've been touched all day long by kids. Like, mm-hmm. and I have to probably wake up in two hours to feed a baby. And then another two hours later. And then another two hours later. Like, there's just no, it's just not... No. Anyway, so that comes into play. But you guys, we can't help but wonder why we're not taught important life skills that we need to use on the regular, like how to do taxes, budget expenses, or how to decipher why your partner does not or does want to do sex with you. So sometimes that life skill would be a little more beneficial to know how to navigate than like memorizing the Pythagorean theorem, right? Well, thank God for the gram where we learn all of our best information And one of our past guests, who also happens to be one of our favorite guests, Dr. Jolene Brighton, and her always insightful content. Recently, she posted about sex and what can prevent you from getting in the mood. We are going to dive into bed and unpack what the gas and brake pedal theory is, the imbalance in libido with hetero couples, and which gender tends to put their foot down on the gas more. Also, how to identify your speed, how to communicate your red and green lights to your partner, and why it's important to openly communicate about these issues within your relationship. All right, guys, it's time to hit the gas pedal and dive right into the green light district. Let's talk about getting in the mood, kids. Okay, guys, so what do you think, we kind of got into this, but like, what do you think keeps you, what do you think the 
right answer is that keeps you from getting in the mood. I think it's honestly like a mental thing because there are mental and emotional things. It's probably a physical thing too. I don't know. Like whenever I've had like an ailment of sorts, I haven't been in the mood or like, for example, if it's like, I don't know, something related to my dad, like father's day or like a sad day, I'm not going to be in the mood. So for me, it is definitely mental, emotional, and physical. If I've had a rough day of work, I'm not going to feel like I'm in the mood necessarily. I I think I actually might be in the mood, but I need to segue into it. I need a clearly defined line between my work day and like romance time. Because if there isn't that, then I'm still in that mindset and that energy, and I'm just not going to stop. I need to get out of it somehow. Yeah. You have to compartmentalize. That makes sense. Well, you're... Okay. Look, we're not always, <laughs> I know there's like statistics out there and stuff for us, but like, we're not always thinking about sex. We're not always in the mood. We you don't constantly. Yeah. You meaning men, Rob. Meaning everybody, but yes, mostly men, but, yeah. but everybody like Jen doesn't go to work and sex is the number one thing. And then other things get in the way. And then when she comes home, is she in the mood? Do you know well, what I mean? I think Jen thinks about sex at work, but no, I'm kidding. Jen is not. Jen is not that girl. Jen I know we had her whole. She had to have her whole disciplinary porn problem at work. We understand, but like, it just. Uh, I'm saying that when we the other things in life come up, no pun intended, and we have to, you know, deal with those first and foremost, and they're going to make us a certain way, right? So everything is a reaction to an action. So well, everything's, huh? Yeah, like basically what we're all saying is is your nervous system, this is like the scientific answer, it responds to the input that it's receiving. So whether whatever free radicals it's bringing in, or relationship issues, something bad happened, you're stressed out from work, whatever, that's what's keeping you from getting in the mood. It's your nervous system responding to the things that are coming in, right? So there's there's a theory called the gas and brake pedal theory. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. and it sounds pretty self-explanatory. It makes sense, right? The gas and brake pedal when it comes to sex, like who's pressing on the gas is like going into the sex and pressing on the brake is like someone who's like not into it at that moment or not in the mood. So this originated by um, an Emily Nagoski in a book called Come As You Are. And she popularized this research. And um, it's just like in a hetero couple, for example, the male usually goes for the gas pedal or the green light, but nobody has ever really taught them about the brakes. Okay. So that's why there can be an imbalance and what can cause like a little bit of feeling of like scariness around the subject. So what we need to know what causes these brake pedals. So, you know, they can get back to pushing the gas and maybe how to see some red lights and Um, not be so, a lot of guys say, oh, the feeling of of being turned down or shut down is not great because the guys are usually the ones who are expected to start even, even when you're meeting somebody going up to a girl in a bar, right? Yeah. And this is the whole thing with these, these books and stuff that always, it always gets my gears because like, Emily Nagowski or whatever you say her name, but it's always a woman being like the men do this wrong and the men do that wrong. And the men are always on the gas. And why can't we say break? And we don't want to hurt their feelings because they're men. It's like, no, shut up. No, I hear what you're saying, Rob, but I, and, and I think on the surface, it sounds like that, but I think what it, it literally is, says that. No, but I think it's also the perspective is, is that 
that's not anybody's fault. This is the men aren't doing anything. Yeah, wrong. she's saying that we're not getting taught right. No, it's no, like but it's nobody's teaching. Well, it also it's a responsibility of the woman in a hetero couple to also know about this too and to express and communicate. No, but it could also be the woman who's haven't you ever seen those movies? Let me write a book right now by Rob Evers, Pedal Break. How about when the man comes home from doing something and the woman's in a lingerie and she wants to get down? He's like, I'm not in the mood, and then she gets angry and she she assumes he's cheating. You know, it's like like where's well, well, how would you feel if the majority of the t- scales were skipped tipped in the other direction, which it normally is like, this is to help protect the male in a hetero couple to know that it's not that your wife or partner is not ready or in the mood, but there might be other things that have nothing to do with you. And you don't and to know that when you're getting turned down, that it's not that they don't want you sexually. It's that there could be some outside circumstance. So, well, that's not what this pedal break is thing, but that's not, I mean, that's like something else, but that's not Jen. What do you think? Well, I think to your point, Rob, in this case, it was written by a woman, but it's adapted from previous people who have actually brought it to light. She just took it and ran with it and created a theory surrounding what they had addressed. I also think- Right, but there was probably was a written, whole lot of other research done yes. by those two people. Oh, right. It was, yeah, was written, and she picked out this stuff. Right. But what was written over the course of history was usually written by men or about a certain stereotype that no one debunked until they started to debunk it and say that it could be both genders. Especially also if you're in a same-sex couple, then you know it looks different there too. But in this case, I think we're speaking more abstractly to any gender that does any sort of sexual activity with another person. You can potentially take something personally because somebody is rejecting you, but they aren't necessarily rejecting you. You're the person pursuing them. They're rejecting the act for whatever reason. So you know, sure, maybe we need to rewrite some books. And They're saying, so this is saying if you're in a gas and brake pedal relationship, right? So if you're in a relationship where one person's always wanting the sex and one person's always on the defensive, then you, have should, then you should have better. I don't know that it's always because it it literally says hetero couples, men do bad, women do break. No, it's not saying that, Rob. So anyway, so. The gas pedal, if you will, of this theory, or the green light, it's usually because of the things that get you excited. So like you're going to obviously push forward and move forward toward the thing, which is in this case, sex and the other person, because of the things that get you excited. Those things generally that turn you on are seeing someone attractive, right? Being close to someone you find attractive, someone being dressed provocatively. So that goes back to, I guess, seeing someone attractive. Although- you personally might feel sexy because you are dressed pr- provocatively. Dirty talk for those that love that. Seeing your partner excel at something, that's something I love. Like when somebody's thriving, that makes me super happy. Um, and then certain scents, also that works in the opposite side because certain scents can also turn you off. But in this case, wouldn't you say as a whole that these are the things that generally turn people on? There's probably yeah. some other stuff and kinks and stuff that are not yeah. on this list, but for the most part, Generally. So Green that light. is, yes, I think that's a general, you can get into details of some of these other like things, but subcategories, but these are the things that press on the gas pedal that get you in the mood. Okay. For and me it's, also, it's like ambience. Like I like ambience too, it's, or like, like whining and dining is a real thing. So like the mood 
actually needs to be set for me to get in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Setting, it, setting a, an atmosphere that's right. good for you to, in, to, to forget about other shit that you're going yeah, through. Exactly. It's important to identify these things for yourself and your partner. So you can, because you, you just think I'm in the mood or I'm not in the mood. It sounds silly to like what gets me in the mood, what doesn't, but really think about it, make a little list and talk about it and identify it for yourself and your partner. So it becomes a little more clear. It just makes it simpler. Well, and then on the opposite side of things, the brake pedal or the red light, things that delay the want for sexy time are some of the things we outlined in the beginning, I think, but this is like a more conclusive list, if you will, relationship issues. Like let's say you're fighting with somebody. I know that we on previous episodes talked about how sometimes that riles people up and they want to do makeup sex or hate sex or whatever that sex is, but it could be that you're having relationship issues and that might just be like not so cute. Concerns around body images. We've talked about that. Trust issues. We've talked about that. Hormones. By the way, some people get really turned on but when they have their period and then some people are like, don't touch me. I'm a bloody, bloody homicidal mess. Mm-hmm. Stay away. <laughs> if you touch me, put a tape around me like a body on the ground. Makes sense. But like, right. Ooh, sexy, some might say, but no. And then there's also like worried about your body taking too long to respond. Like I think a lot of people have the fear that they're not going to have an orgasm fast enough. So they're already anxious about that. Therefore, they won't. So they're like, oh, I don't want to go through that whole rigmarole just to, you know, not come through at the end. So performance anxiety, basically. Mm -hmm. And then obviously life stressors. But I think going back to now that we've talked about that list, Rob, are and did have any of those taken place that made you not in the mood? Yeah, I mean, look, if you're having an argument with somebody and you're not liking them in the moment, you're probably not liking them in general. You know, um, if you're standing there in sexy lingerie berating me, I, I mean, unless I have some sort of BDSM sort of fantasy, I'm not. That's not something that I'm going to be attracted to. I'm going to be like, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's time for you to go. Um, <laughs> You know, it also, I think it speaks to age too. I think as you get older, maybe other things become more important and you take things more seriously. You're not just trying to get laid all the time. How long you're in the relationship with somebody, like how, how long you're invested in that relationship with somebody, and you know that either, you know, they're not going to go anywhere. Right. So if you say no to them in certain situations because of any of these breaks, then do you know that they're still going to be your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know? Like that's not something that's, it would have to be a repeated thing over time, but all of these make sense. All the, all the green lights make sense and all the breaks make sense. I think it just comes down to communication, right? Yeah. So it's all about how we can fix these things. So we all know that these things occur. We've all experienced them ourselves. We've been on the gas or brake pedal end of a sexual situation. So this is where, tips come into play. Like, how do we fix this? Now that we've identified the problem, we need Mm -hmm. to figure out what to do. Um, And this is a life skill that I think we all need to know. So the first thing, like we mentioned, is to identify your breaks. Now, Dr. Brighton, um, the one that we mentioned earlier, the doctor that we mentioned earlier, this is Mm -hmm. her post that she outlines this all out in. She has a quiz in her book. The book is called This, This Is Normal. Is This Normal? So you can look that up and take a quiz, but you can also just listen to the list we listed and try to identify your breaks. And then like Rob just said, communicating them with your partner, right? Like that 
you need to know, just like a love language. This is the love language I speak. This is what I like to receive. Like this is all, it sounds like it's just really simple and easy, but it actually helps to say it out loud. Yeah. And even if like Jen knows she has a busy work week coming up and there's a lot, she has a meeting with that one person that she can't stand or like gets her upset or, you know, same with you, Lauren, if you know that you have a certain amount of work that you got to put in on a certain day or, you know, that the kids are sick or that you, you, you have other responsibilities had going on, you can communicate with James and say, Hey, listen, you know, I love you, right? Sexy time might not be available this week. I have a lot of shit going on. If it if it's there, it's there. But I, I don't want you to think it's you. It's definitely this situation over here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. Or or even if somebody comes up to you in 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 the throes and like does the morning hug, you know, pokey pokey thing, <laughs> you know, before work or before you guys get out of bed. And you have so much stuff on your mind about what's going on that day coming up. It's, it's, it's not now. It's 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 the generality of it, right? It's the not today, not now. I have a headache. Um, I'm just not feeling it. You know, it's these general comments that people make towards their spouse that lets their spouse take that and then start spinning out of control. And then all of a sudden they're coming back to you. you don't fucking define me attractive anymore. You don't like me anymore. You don't make time for me anymore. So that's what this is all about. It's identifying that there are such things as gas and brake pedals mm-hmm. and so that you don't spin into that insecure world in your brain because it's would clearly that would be your next train of thought, right? Like anybody would think that. If we learn about this gas and brake pedal theory, most of the time we can then, okay, I get to know my partner. I know what her gas and brake pedal looks like. If mm-hmm. I try to approach her in the morning, like maybe I am aware that that's her brake pedal time or I can see that she's stressed <laughs> out from work. So I'm not going to approach her to have sex right now because I'm pretty sure she's going to put the brake pedal on. And yeah, I mean that's just selfish. If you know she's stressed, if you know she's stressed for work, and you're like, "Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me." Well, I think th- it just depends on what your gas pedal is. Some people might want to get the stress out and do sex. Like it just depends. You just need to know what people's identify your gas and your brakes. And a really important one here to fix this issue because it's not all on the other person, right? So like, for example, Rob, it's not all on the male end. Like, oh, the males have to figure out if it's the gas or the brake and it's all on you because- you I'm just saying that because that's what was said in the- I in know, the- but it's not part of this identification process is identifying your own brake pedals and working through your own issues that have nothing to do with your partner. I if agree. You body image issues, that has not to be put on your partner. That is not the- no, but you can say, I just got back from work and I have body issues going on right no, now. I don't feel just, sexy. I just had a baby and I have body image issues for the next year of my life. 100%. So that the is- other, The other thing too, I think is like some issues could come up where somebody wants validation. So they use sex as a validation. So when they don't mm. get it, or they might not um, respect somebody's brake pedal as a result because they want what they want in the moment. Because they need to feel a certain thing. Not oh, so you're saying if you're like, I had a, a long, hard work week and you're like, well, is work more important than our sexual life? Like, is that what you're saying? Like, they're like, no, well, why that- are you putting that in front of me? 
more like, you know, if somebody feels like they need to feel sexy to someone, so they need them to reciprocate, you know, like you might feel like you have body issues and you need the other person Um, to find you sexy. So you might use it in reverse. Like my gas pedal might actually be, I need you to find me sexy. And that turns me on, even if you're not in the mood. And then that becomes a whole thing too, because you're not on the same page and communicating. So yeah, yeah, going back to though, the, you know, communicating and taking responsibility for our side, it's like everything we always talk about is starting with you as the individual before you get into the relationship, like take stock in who you are and what you bring, because everything you do in the relationship is going to be about two people and their process and their patterns and their likes and dislikes. But I actually have a friend, a girlfriend who just broke up with her boyfriend um, for a very similar reason. So to your point, Rob, you know, that it's not just a male thing where the female wants sex too. She was with this guy for quite some time. They lived together, the whole thing. And at some point she realized they stopped having sex and she would try and try and she would talk about it. And he would just like not really know why he wasn't in the mood didn't really give her a reason. She obviously started to feel like they were more um, like, I guess, roommates and companions than they were in a romantic relationship. And did she automatically start thinking like there's something wrong with him or that he was cheating? No, she didn't think he was cheating and she didn't think that something was wrong with him. She wasn't sure, but she would address it and try different ways to go about it mm-hmm. and bring it up. They even went on romantic trips together all the time. And, and they didn't know, do it on the romantic no. trips? <gasps> uh, she would make moves or she would try and then nothing would happen. So then finally she was like, all right, we need to take a break and like see if we want to separate. There was like a trial separation, if you will. She was hoping he would actually have called the doctor because now this was four years. So like I, <gasps> I want to say like two years maybe or one solid year there was no sex. But, oh, so they were together four years, but yes. there was only one year of no sex. That's still a long time. One to two years, whatever. I like how she realized they weren't having sex. Well, all of a sudden, you're busy, you know, you're doing all the Wait things. Wait a second. Honestly. What has been missing for the last year? <laughs> oh my God, it's been six months and I haven't had sex. No, oh, I haven't what? had something up inside me in a year. Exactly. Like I've just lived with somebody who shares a bed with me, but no touching, no touchy touchy. So anyway, okay. she suggested to him that he go to the doctor because maybe there was something physical wrong. Mm-hmm. What was the case? You know, like if he wanted to stay together, but didn't want to do that, like there's something obviously bigger going on. They got to that point. He didn't go to the doctor. What didn't go to a therapist, didn't do anything to take responsibility for his brake pedal. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately they split up. Um, and I think, you know, that exercise kind of shows why the communication is so necessary because you don't want to wait until four years, obviously. And sometimes it's really outside of your control and you can't necessarily put your finger on it, literally. Look, but I think that if you have communication out, yeah. with anybody, I think if you if you talk to the person and get those things out to the forefront, then there's no other way there's no you, you're in the you're in the room now like there's nowhere for you to go but to address right. the issue right but people feel vulnerable that's the thing you feel defective you think like oh you know it's embarrassing i, I don't know i think that if you're in a relationship like if you and 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 your boy started having these conversations now then that would be something that could be embarrassing for him if it was something he was dealing with or could put a a large strain on the on the relationship Mm -hmm. like if lauren and james if they like sat down and talked about it i'm sure they'd be like 
James would be like, oh, that makes sense. Or Lauren would be like, oh, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And then kind of have a workaround for it. If James just kept trying to have sex with Lauren every day after she came back from taking care of sick kids, you know, that were puking all over the place, then that's a James issue and not a Lauren issue. And he, he should know that. Do you know what, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And you guys, and then it puts like, just even talking about it, right? Like you're talking, you're noticing that there's an imbalance in libido with you and your partner, right? And then you go, okay, let's address this. Like, what can I take responsibility for? What are my gas and brake pedals? Like, let's communicate that. Now you, and you've talked about it and you now feel this pressure, right? So now what do you do next? Like, what is the next step? Like the next step is to, there's some tips that help you actually get into the mood and then take action to like make the sex start again, because it's not like just talking about these things is going to potentially just a hundred percent cure the problem because now you're like, uh, okay, we've talked about these things. This is my brake pedal. Now it's still here. How do I make it go away? Right? So if you take away the expectations around sex, it takes away the pressure and helps you get in the mood. So you start with the partner that identifies with the higher libido and you try these things. You engage in like touching, kissing, flirting, like basically you have foreplay, but then you stop there. Don't let it lead to sex. Just mm. like play around with that kind of thing. It doesn't need to lead to sex. Sex doesn't always need to happen. Takes the pressure off. Then when you like ease into your partner's nervous system and you sort of get them in the mood, it sort of takes that, like we said, pressure off and shuts down that those crazy pressure feelings and like it doesn't make the desire shut down either. So you could try that's a little tip that the doctor suggested to try to like help sort of ease back into it and like not always feel like every time my partner touches me now I have to have sex, right? And it and it kind of makes maybe it makes it a little exciting sometimes too. I'll say from like my first hand and also because Rob brought it up, but like Daniel and I do have conversations about it. You can't not, especially because like I work so much and he works so much and like we're both exhausted. We've been moving. So we actually, you know, didn't live together prior to living together. So having to learn each other's schedules and what affects us is like a big part of the moving in process for us specifically. So, you know, like after you open a bunch of boxes, do you really feel like having sex? Not necessarily because you're like, just worked a full day, open some boxes. I just need a shower and to cuddle my dog and watch some reality TV. But in our case, he learned that like, I need the mood to be set. Like, I do not want a room full of bright lights. I need like candles, jazz. He'll pour me a glass of wine. So like, I start to see or hear him setting things up and I know what's happening and he'll do it slowly. He'll be like, he'll present me with a glass of wine. I didn't ask for that glass of wine, but suddenly there's a glass of wine in front of me. Or then I'll notice some candles are lit in the room or there's jazz playing in our bedroom, but not- Sounds like like romantic Dahmer. (laughs) Basically, he's romantic Dahmer, romantic Dahmer Daniel. He's setting you up. Yes, but he knows because over time, like he'll like try and make a move on me in a bright room. And I'm like, no, just I don't like this. I need to hide. And this doesn't make me feel sexy. Also, if there's no music playing, I'm like, I can hear you breathe. Ew. Yeah, I get Turn that. I get that. No, so you have a lot of things. No, it's not really that many things. It's just like I think for me to transition from like an intense work day. So, so you're not like a like a spontaneous at all no. when it comes to that. I think. Let me just speak, Jen. I can imagine <laughs> if it's like your every day to day, 
I imagine that you need that transition. But let's say her and Daniel go out, they go out to eat, they've had a couple drinks, they take a or they go out, they take a walk on the beach, it's like six o'clock at night, they get back home, it's like getting dark, he, you know, like, hey, I like that shirt, those pants make your ass look nice. Oh, thanks. And then he like, oh, thanks. And she is already drinking a glass of wine or not. If he goes to make a move on her, and he's like, man, you smell good or something like I'm sure she would just have sex, right? Right, now. Because she he's already done all the things no, that no, she no. already mentioned. No, it's no, dark. No. It's nighttime. No. He does. There's he's music on and and she's drinking. No, I didn't say I said she may or may not have a glass of wine. I didn't say anything about music. And it could be getting dark out. I'm saying if he maybe it makes a move on her. It's not a day after work. They've gone on a walk or they've gone to eat or they've gone out on the boat. Like more right, relaxing. Right, right, right. It's more dating. She would be more. You need a transition period. Yes. You're not right. Which is not spont. You could spontaneously transition, but it's not going to be bending Jen over in the, uh, over the like couch at, and when you come home, like that. No, kind and of the shit. worst is if I like have a to-do list, then I'm like thinking about that or I'm like, I, you know what? I actually realize I think a lot has to do with how we were brought up. I was brought up with, you got home from school, race to do your homework. So then the rest of the night it's free. So for me, I have that same mentality. I'm like race to get through the to-do list. So then it's playtime, yeah. but I need to transition into playtime for me. That's now, what, I wonder if like certain things go away. Like, what if you're having sex, but it's like technical sex? Do you know what I mean? Like, what if it's like, I know that I haven't had sex in a while. Here's missionary, come fast, or you know, vice versa. Get on top, do what you're going to do. Use a toy to help you along. But then, like, there we did it. What if, it, what if the blowjobs stop? What if like. You know, the going down stops. What if all this stuff, which is like, oh, I really like blowjobs. And then all of a sudden those are gone. If you told me I was going to get blowjobs three years into a relationship, I wouldn't get in the relationship. Like it, it's something that some guys are really, really, they, they want and they love. So it's almost, you got to, you got to put all of that together. It's not just the physical act of intercourse, right? It's, it's all everything. of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but that's well, where the communication comes in. And also, you said something called imbalanced libido before, mm-hmm. and I I really like that term. Actually, I think that would be a really good emo punk band name, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But but that makes sense because there's you have to figure out the balance there. And if the balance is going down on your partner once every month, then you do that. There's give and take and sacrifice, and I'm not saying it that some of the gas and brake pedals could be too. Like sometimes I know James just wants to quote unquote, get the poison out. And so I might just run around in the shower and let it be all about him. I mean, hey, you know what? That You got to do what you got to do, dude. It's all about you right now. Like I, But you let him do what in the shower? Get the poison out. You go in the shower with him or he just yeah, goes in the, go in the shower? And I just turn around and let him oh, okay. do what he needs to do. It's not okay. about me. That's not going to do anything for me. It's about you. Like that's, you know, that's, Something that he, if I'm, if I'm feeling like very brake pedally because it's been like a long time for me, like to feel good about myself or I have life stressors and kids and it's just, I haven't been in the mood very much. I got to be aware that that's a thing and I got to give him what he needs as a partner. So yes. Totally. Well, this has been riveting. I think we've all probably gotten in the mood to, uh, get, out of this topic. I mean, we but, should just change the name of the podcast from it's complicated to it's communicative. <laughs> yeah. I love that for us and for everybody else. So you guys, you need to get communicative and also learn to listen really well by tuning into it's complicated where we talk more dating 
and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share the show with a friend. That's another form of communication if you're keeping up. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. And you can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on the Instagram. And you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets as well. And you guys, don't forget, if you have a partner that's giving you too many brake pedals, just slyly text them the link to this podcast and mm. just let them take a listen. Mm-hmm. Good idea. See you next week. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. <laughs>